All right. Welcome into the fifth down, the best podcast on the Houston Texans National Football League franchise. Jerome Solomon here, columnist for the Houston Chronicle. Jonathan Alexander was a beat writer covering the Texans for the Chronicle. Check out all of our stuff at HoustonChronicle.com. Um, every week is a big week for the Texans. This is the kind of season they're going to have. Now they're down to the final month of the season. Every loss is meaningful. Every win is impactful. And they suffered a loss on Sunday to the Jets. Um, but more importantly, they suffered a loss with the starting quarterback and several other players, too. We'll dive into that uh, right now. Walk me in, Jonathan. Uh, tell me, what's the what's the word on C.J. Stroud leaving the game with a concussion? Yeah, he, you know, the worst thing that could happen Sunday happened against the Jets. You lose C.J. Stroud in a game where the game was already out of reach. Quentin Williams had a late hit. I think that was the second late hit of the game, too. I had a late hit on C.J. Strauss. I slung him to the ground, and his head hit the turf really hard. And you could see him writhing in pain on the ground, so you immediately knew it wasn't good. The replay showed that his head swam to the ground. He stayed on the ground for some time, for about five minutes almost, or it felt like forever. It was quiet. Guys were taking knee. Went to the Blue Medical Tent and dogged off, went straight back to the locker room. Monday, we found out he was, in fact, diagnosed with concussion. So that means he must go through a five-step process before he could return to the field. And talking with D'Amico Ryan, it didn't sound like you know, I asked him how would he weigh or how would he, um, you know, balance factoring in CJ's long-term health versus playing him if he is cleared. And it sounded like D'Amico was on the side of Aaron, on the side of caution. You know, he said not many players come back after a week after concussion. So the way he talked about it, and trying to protect his players, it sounds like CJ might not play uh, this Sunday. And I think that's a good idea, if I'm being honest. In these situations, too, uh, the league and league fans have grown far more um, knowledgeable, knowledgeable about head injuries, et cetera. There used to be a time where it was like, man, he just got banged up. Get back in the game. Get back on the field. And... Now we, we're coming to learn that long-term term damage can happen with guys, you know, receiving multiple concussions. And I know CJ has had to come off the field at least twice yeah. in the season to be checked to see if he may have a concussion. And those were, you know, not deemed to be a full-on, I guess there's no half concussion, but not a full concussion. And that was two weeks in a row, too. Right. And this one is legitimate. And also, D'Amico Ryan's being a former player has a lot more empathy toward guys with injuries, and as opposed to rushing back. And yeah, it's—I mean, I've I've done stories and columns about it. The doctor from the movie that Will Smith played in the concussion movie about the NFL—he he's an uncle to a uh, former Texans player, and he his idea was, you know. You get a concussion, you should be out for several weeks, not just you know one week, and certainly not just a few days. So I I, I get the sense that they'll they'll move with caution. And you, you think Davis Mills will start this week uh, at Tennessee? Yeah, I mean the, there there have been two instances where guys have started with Brock Purdy earlier this year in October, and Derek Carr last week came back, but I just don't get that 
sense with CJ Stroud. I, I, I do see well, the league is going in a different direction these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the sense I get is that it'll probably be Davis Mills. They have faith in Davis Mills. Um, he had, he had a pretty good summer um, in training camp. I just think that it's going to be tough for him without the weapons that they had in Tank Dell. Nico Collins could be out. It's still early to sell on Nico Collins, but he had a calf injury as well. But I, I do think Davis Mills will start, and they'll be playing against a Titans game, a Titans team. It's a division game where Davis Mills is 4-1 against AFC South opponents, which is an interesting stat I heard. And um, I think they'll take their chances with him. And they that's why this is one of the reasons why they didn't trade him for the deadline, just in case situations like this happen. And I was writing the game, man, and wrote about it, but I didn't use it in the column because it got lost with uh, everything else. But a couple of weeks ago on that play that uh, one of those times that CJ Stroud left the game, Davis Mills came in and I think it was like a third down and threw a strike to get a first down on the one play. And then like people could not really grasp how difficult that is to be sitting over there or standing over there watching the game for an hour and a half. And then have to come out there and throw a pass. Like that's that's challenging. And we we all know Davis Mills is not like a superstar quarterback or of that level, but to do what he did a couple weeks ago to come out and complete that pass lets you know that the guy can play. He's he's a competent quarterback at least. He's not a star, but he can he can get it done. But you're right, you know, without the weapons that they've had during the season, when you know look Nico Collins there, Tank Dell is definitely out. What's the status of of other guys who've been a little nicked up. Uh, it wasn't just C.J. Stroud that went out against the Jets. There were a couple guys that didn't play, and then some guys who got hurt in the game, Will Anderson Jr., et cetera. Well, what's the latest on them? Yeah, I, I don't get the sense Will's Anderson, uh, Will Anderson's injury was that serious. Uh, he had an ankle injury, and that's something that they'll monitor throughout the week. Wednesday's practice is a huge practice, or Thursday's practice is a huge practice. If they usually practice that day, and then that means that they're probably going to play. A lot of guys sit out Wednesday, but you know I'd be concerned with Nico's injury in particular. He had a calf injury earlier in the year, caused him to miss a week. We know about MetLife Stadium's field and its history with Achilles injury. Jalen Phillips went out with a season-ending injury. Of course, Aaron Rodgers had a season injury, Achilles injury at at the beginning of the year in the season opener, and I think there was one more injury that I just can't think of off the top of my head. But you know that field has has claimed some victims in. in Nico looked at the snap count and played only three snaps, had the catch, uh, had a block after that, and then went out of the game because that calf injury was obviously bad enough that they didn't want to put him back in the game. So he might not play as well. Dolly Schultz is a guy who we'll be watching for, see if he practices Wednesday. Should he be getting closer to coming back right now? He should be getting closer to back. Yeah, that's around the timeline of guys. They've missed about two, three games with hamstring injuries. Dalton Schultz seemed like he was a little bit closer Upon returning practice one day last week and then didn't practice the rest of the game, rest of the day. So I think he could be closer. He closer to a return, and they need him because he's their third leading receiver, and he was uh, on fire before you know suffering that injury in that in that game two weeks ago where he had only one catch for two yards. So they need him because they need more weapons. There was just no separation among the receivers when I looked at the film. CJ did miss a couple of throws, but. 
the separation among receivers was none. The the Jets just locked them up. Sauce Gardner locked up Noah Brown, and then you have rookies like Xavier Hutchinson and and John Mechie who hasn't played much. This is his first season basically after uh, he missed his rookie season, and um, they just need some help all around. Yeah, that's and this is a really important game. I mean, it's it's really this time of the year if you're in the playoff discussion, um, every every game matters. And it's it's as tight as it could possibly be. This is almost a historic year when you look at it. There are the Texans are at seven and six. There are what six teams with seven and six records, and then three teams with eight and five records who are just barely above the seven and six teams. A couple of those teams are going to have to win the division, or they're not going to have to are going to win the division. Uh, but they're going to be a lot a lot of teams. Battling for the wild card, the Texans are still in good shape relative to the group because they have wins over several of those teams: the Steelers and the Broncos and uh, the Bengals. And then they they'll also get to play the Cleveland Browns and obviously the Colts here coming up in the last game of the season. It may very well come down to that last game of the season, right? I mean that that could determine that could determine the division for all we know. I mean. <laughs> It can certainly determine a playoff spot. It's going to be fascinating to see how that works. But here against the Titans, who, you know, people kind of written, had written them off earlier, especially they lost three games in a row and, you know, three and seven. But now, yeah, now they've come back and won a couple of games and, and they've scored 28 points the last two games, just beat the Dolphins. This, this is a team that's, you know, that could beat you. And they were at home, uh, Vegas odds. Uh, across the board, have the Titans as a two and a half point favorite over the Texans. This is getting kind of crucial. This this is this is not a, a, an easy game at all. This is a game where the Texans gonna have to play well to win. Yeah, I mean the Dolphins uh, saw that up close, and you, and you saw what happened when they uh, lost Tyree Kill for some time during that game. Uh, the Titans can still beat teams. I think Will Levis has definitely has some talent, and. You know, Derrick Henry is always going to be Derrick Henry. And even though the Texans are a lot better against a run, Derrick Henry is a dangerous runner. And he's spelled trouble for the Texans the last couple of years. Has, I think, three 200-yard rushing games and has rushed for 100 yards. And He's he's tortured them before. But, yeah, and and the Texans are eighth in the league against the run when they've been – 30, 31, 32 for the last few years. So. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think they'll give up 200 yards, um, but they're going to have their hands full. And, and, and Texas haven't played well against, you know, not uh, not elite quarterbacks. You know, Desmond Ritter, Bryce Young, um, all those players, and then Zach Wilson, lastly, all those players who had struggled all year had great games against the Texans. And I, I look back at the film, and, and the Jets really exploited the Texans linebackers and got them out in space with Garrett Wilson and took advantage. And, and Zach Wilson made a couple of throws. And it, it really wasn't so much the outside corners or even the pass rush. They did a great job blocking double teaming Grenard and, and Will Anderson at times. One, when they had one-on-one covers, they they took advantage. But they just had a real good blocking scheme. And, and Zach Wilson made some throws and they got Garrett Wilson out in space. And I think that was a key in, you just wonder how Will Levis, a player that they haven't seen much of, there isn't that much film, just a few games that he's played. You wonder how they'll adjust to that. But it's going to be a, a critical game that they need to win. They need to win these next four games, just like you said, how close 
the AFC AFC is, you know, even the division still uh, winnable with the Jaguars dealing with the injury with Trevor Lawrence, even though he played against the Browns, you know, you still have to be a little bit. You, you, it's still up for grabs. That, that's the thing. This loss hurt because had they won it, they'd be in so much better position ahead of all of those seven and 16, but losing it wasn't as bad because so many other teams lost as well. And everybody in the division, one factor I know you, you mentioned that they really haven't played well against the so-called non-elite quarterbacks, uh, which is kind of indicative of a team that's up and down and trying to figure it out and learning a new system and learning each other with so many players that haven't played together and coached together, et cetera. It's, it's interesting to see how they operate through that. But one thing we've seen, especially since the second game of the season, the Texans come back from losses. So they haven't lost two in a row since then. And they they won like four games after losses. And that loss against the Jets was a bad one. Uh, but I, I do expect them to come out and play well uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I do too. I think the if there's one good thing about C.J. Stroud being hurt at this point is you give yourself a full week to prepare with Davis Mills rather than kind of last minute thing. He's going to be taking C.J. Stroud won't be able to practice Wednesday. Probably won't be able to practice Thursday either unless he just flies through concussion protocol. So Davis Mills is going to get the first team snaps and they're going to get that opportunity. And obviously a lot of players have played with Davis Mills and he, you know, he struggled a lot last year. They didn't have any weapons. The offense was terrible, but there's some familiarity there and and they saw improvement in him over the off season. He made some throws and he competed with CJ Stroud until CJ Stroud ultimately went out because of his ability. But he, <laughs> Davis Mills was making some throws in, in camp. So the hope, from the Texans' point of view, is that that improvement will show they'll have a good game plan. The Titans won't know, really know what to expect because expect, you haven't seen Davis Mills really in this offense for an extended period of time. And, you know, I, I expect, you know, the Texans to come out prepared. And they'll, they'll need to run the ball too. Uh, Titans have a good run defense historically. Uh, but – there were some opportunities I thought against the Jets where the Texans could have continued to run it with Devin Singletary, who was having success. In yeah, the- they they kind of abandoned the run a little early, especially because the game was low scoring. So there wasn't, I mean, there was no reason to, to get away from it. But yeah, they're feeling they're feeling their way around uh, in some ways. But yeah, and they have to learn how to play without Tankdale. Stretch of the field, they got. They didn't want to, but they had to try to figure out how to play without Nico Collins uh, last week. And if he's not there this week, they are going to be uh, a little up against it. And the Titans' defense is, you know, middle of the middle of the road against the run, so you you can run on them yards wise, but yards per attempt they're sixth in the league. So, and the Texans, not an offense they get a lot of yards per carry. I mean, that's there's. So many games where the running backs were just, you know, getting two yards a pop, and it's like, what are you even doing here? And that's that's just one of those things where uh, they're 29th in the league in yards per carry, and their defense is second in the league in yards per carry. So they're so much better on defense against the run than they are on offense running the football. That's not going to change this week. They're going to have to throw the ball and move it up and down the field uh, to beat this team. Like I said. The Titans have scored 28 points the last two games. They figured out something offensively as well. 
Yeah. I, I feel like if, if Davis Mills can just take care of the football, not make any silly mistakes, we, you know, the reason why, one of the biggest reasons why Texans were so bad offensively was the turnovers. Davis Mills led the NFL in, in turnovers last year. He made some boneheaded throws at times, and he would even admit that. So I, th- I think as long as he takes care of the football, they have an efficient game, get the ball downfield, you know, then they definitely put themselves in a position to win. Hold on to the ball a little bit longer. The discrepancy uh, in the second half, Jets were just on the field way, I think it had 42 to 24. Jets offense was on the field, 42 offensive plays in the second half. And Texans on the on the field with 24 plays. It was just too many three and outs. So you got to pick up first downs. You got you to gotta make throws when they're there. You got to take hold on to the ball. So I think just the key for Davis Mills is just going to be taking care of the football and, and not giving it's, it it's up to Titans. Not. The Texans lead the league now in the fewest turnovers. That's because C.J. Stroud has been really careful with the ball. And he's gotten away with a few mistakes too. Um, guys dropped interceptions or would-be interceptions. But that happens to everybody. He's really done a good job of ball placement and protecting it and not putting it where it is. And the running backs, for as little yards as they gain, they're not fumbling the ball either. So and, and that's that's going to de- definitely be key. On a, in a road game, I haven't checked the weather in Nashville this week, um, but you know sometimes the weather there this time of year is good and other times it can be horrible. But it doesn't matter what the weather's like. You need to protect the football to have a, a good chance of winning. So let's talk about the Texans defense uh, before we get out of here. They were solid for much of the game in terms of points allowed, but they let Zach Wilson, he, he moved the ball and threw for 300 yards on them. Uh, they got got. And, and the weather was nasty, but the weather didn't seem to affect the Jets' offense nearly like it affected the Texans. Yeah, I, I went back and looked at the tape. And first half, I thought Texans played well. I think they did a really good job in, in stopping Jets from scoring. But it just seemed like in the second half, all, the coaching staff for the Jets obviously just made a little bit more adjustments. I thought the injuries to Blake Cashman hurt them in particular because they had what, to play. What, what, what's his status right now? Yeah, he had a hamstring injury, and you know he didn't return to the game. So and that 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 could mean that could side that could sideline them. Yeah, so, you know the fact that he didn't return is isn't good, and and every single hamstring injury that the Texans have had, a guy has missed a week. So you know I think that's something that they'll be monitoring. But you could tell that really hurt him because he played. They put in Denzel Perryman, who been really good against the running game, like almost elite against the running game, but been terrible in the passing game. And they took advantage. It was one play. Randall Cobb went across the middle. Christian Harris and Denzel Perryman got confused on who whose man they were supposed to have, and and Randall Cobb scored the touchdown. And there were just multiple instances like that where they got Garrett Wilson out in space with linebackers, and they just kind of methodically moved the ball downfield, and and the Texans really couldn't do anything in the second half. And I, I do think they they were on the field a little bit too long. But they just made too many mistakes, and the offense just wasn't doing anything. So they didn't, yeah, they didn't yeah. stand a chance you, you in the second three half. Three and out, three and out, three and out pretty regularly. At some point, your defense is going to get worn out. And it's, 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 it's one of those things, too, where I, mean, I don't think we can stress it enough. 
the staff is still trying to figure it out. And I mean, and Bobby Slowick is just, you know, he, he's a young offense coordinator. His first year as coordinator, first year as a play caller, working through some things. And when things aren't working, uh, it's been a challenge for them to figure out where to go. What what they do the other day? Uh, the first eight times they had the ball, they punted. And, and I don't think in any of those drives, what, I think one of those drives, they had two first downs uh, and a couple of one first downs, but a lot of three and outs. Yeah, if you're not getting first downs and not moving the ball, your defense is eventually going to get got. Because at halftime of 0-0, zero, because zero, the Jets punted the first five times, they got the ball too, but they scored two touchdowns, first two possessions of the third quarter, and all of a sudden now, Texans are in a hole that they couldn't get out of. Cause... Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, I don't think, uh, the, yeah, I'm looking at the stats right now. In the second half, the Texans didn't have a drive longer than four yards and um, and uh, drive longer than one minute and 32 seconds. So, you, you, you're not, you're not with football games like that. And, the, and the, those last three ended on fourth down. They went for it on fourth down and couldn't get it. Yeah, I, I, I think I said four yards. I meant four plays. But yeah, yeah, four plays and, and longer than one minute and 32 seconds. You're not going to win that way. Though. You know, they did have that one touchdown drive, which is pretty fast. But that was a result of the defense forcing a fumble and, and giving them some momentum. But after that, their drives were punt, punt, touchdown, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, turnover on downs. End of the game. Yeah, and that's uh, that's and and it's, I mean it's really one of those that that was that day. That's what happened. That's not the team they are. That's how they played on Sunday. And uh, one of D'Amico Ryan's things is he, he doesn't believe in you prepare harder the next week after a loss. Because that means you didn't prepare well enough or hard enough the week before. He's like, then you'll always prepare and always put forth your best effort in preparation for a game, and we see what happens. They just had a bad day. It was it, it just felt off from the first snap of the game. Weather was nasty. They didn't get anything going. Couldn't get a much uh, offense produced, and just from the start, it felt like that was a. Sluggish is probably the best word I think to describe it. They just seem sluggish offensively. Yeah, just seemed sluggish. Didn't have any confidence in their offensive ability, especially after Nico Collins went out. You know, I thought, you know, C.J. Stroud. There were a couple of times too where guys who weren't often used were open, and for some reason C.J. didn't throw to them. Tried to throw it to his to the target that he felt most comfortable with, and that was ultimately fortunate in. And that led to incompletions. And um, yeah, sluggish definitely and and uninspired and, and unconfident was how the Texans offense looked all day. And the defense tried tried its best but couldn't hold on. And Stroud is still on pace to have an amazing season. I mean, that, you you know he's gonna have a bad game or so, but I mean the dude has thrown for you know, thirty six hundred yards and twenty touchdowns and five interceptions. It it's one of the best rookie seasons ever uh for a quarterback and if he gets back on the field he'll he'll break the record for most yards and probably have the best uh interception touchdown ratio etc so he's having an outstanding season what's your thoughts on i mean look at their schedule we know what they have coming if he misses two weeks what does it mean as opposed to if he surprises us and comes back this week how big a difference would it make yeah, I think even misses two weeks, uh, I think it's a little bit more difficult because the Browns, 
they obviously have a great defense and have feasted on on quarterbacks just like the Jets have. Trevor Lawrence struggled really bad. So, you know, I think if he misses one week, I think Davis Mills is certainly capable of winning this game against the Titans, as his history suggests. But when you start getting into two weeks, that's when you start to worry. And then as close as this AFC South is, they're going to need a little bit more help from other teams like the Jaguars to lose and other teams to lose. But yeah, I, well, as, they don't as, need any help if they win all the games. <laughs> yeah, but if they win all their games, they're they're definitely in. They're good, yeah. But I do I do think the most important thing for the Texans um, is making sure CJ Stroud is healthy uh, because he's so important to their future. They definitely got to protect him better too. And that's that's one of, that's one of the trick things though. You like you want to win, you need him to win, but you gotta protect him. But if he sits two weeks. Which, like, like neither one of us are projecting. We just we don't know the severity of the concussion and, or how he will bounce back from it. But if he sits two weeks, then you also run into the well. Now he hasn't played for two and a half weeks, and then that next game is going to be rusty. And that's the Titans here at home. The, the, the people don't have it in front of them. They play at the Titans this week. Then they're at home for Cleveland Browns and the Titans, and then they close the year. January 7th at Indianapolis. It, it's, I mean, it's going to be what it's going to be. There's going to be close games, tense games, and every game has serious playoff implications. So it, sh- it should be kind of fun. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to come down to the wire. Like you said, that that, that week 18 game against the Colts is probably going to be the deciding playoff, which it's funny how, how things are because last year it was decided between that number one, number two pick, and then got them that number two pick. So, yeah, <laughs> that is kind of fascinating that the game was about are you going to be the worst in the league or the, you know, second to worst team in the NFL? And this time it'll be about it could be for the division, but it's almost certainly be for you get into the playoffs with a win there, and that would be huge. And when the season started, I know they won't be happy about it, depending on how it works out. But before the season, if you told the Texans, all you have to do is win at Indianapolis in week 18, game 17 to make the playoffs, they would have signed up for it. Big oh, time, yeah. Right? Yeah, they'd be super confident in that because they done it. Even when they were at their worst, they'd done it before. So for some reason, they just played well against the Colts. Even, even last year, they had the tie and the win. So... Yeah, they would have signed up for it because it would have been a significant improvement from where they were last year. Yeah. And they, they certainly have improved tremendously. I know you're new to town, but trust me, it's hilarious to say they just play well against the Colts. Because <laughs> when the Texans started, the Colts used to beat them mercilessly and they couldn't get a win against Peyton Manning for many, many years. So they turned that around of late. And so that, that's, a, that's a good thing for them. I mean, the Titans have had battles. I mean, everybody in the division is a rival, but obviously the Titans, because the Titans are the ex-wife to the Texans and the city of Houston, rather. <laughs> they, they left Houston to go to Nashville. Those two games, man, they really need to pull a sweep off on them, but it's not going to be easy to do. Jonathan Alexander, read all of his stuff at HoustonChronicle.com. Same here with me, uh, Jerome Solomon. And uh, thanks to Pirate Audio for producing this podcast. And we will see you next week after a visit to Nashville, the ex-wife 
and, and real quick before we go to Jonathan, I know you talked about doing features and stuff on former players in Houston as you learn the city. Billy White Shoes Johnson is going into the Titans Ring of Honor this week. And it's really disappointing because I grew up watching Billy White Shoes. He was all time great return men, all time great entertainers with his, you know, funky chicken dance that he did when he scored touchdowns. The dude retired 35 years ago and they're just now putting him into the ring of honor. And that to me is a symbol of that Nashville doesn't have a good grasp on the Houston Oilers history because it's not their history. They didn't go. If the Oilers had continued and stayed in Houston, White Shoes would have been a ring runner a long time ago, but he never played in Nashville. He retired 10 years before uh, the Oilers regrouped and became the Titans. So it's a good honor for him. Good for him. Well-deserved, but kind of sad for Oilers fans. I don't know if you've heard from any of them. Yeah, I heard mostly you know, a lot of people were upset, um, especially, you know, when they announced that. But it hasn't, hasn't been as much talk about it, I guess, mostly because of the excitement surrounding CJ. But it's definitely a rivalry game, and people are going to be upset when they see the Titans wearing those Oilers jerseys against the Texans on Sunday. It'll be fascinating, and we will talk about it next week here on The Fifth Down. See you then.